0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, do you hate snakes? Do you just hate snakes so much that you kill any snake that you find? In the decade that I've lived in Tucson, three times I've found snakes in my backyard, And all three times, after studying them carefully, from a distance, I've let them go. Because I was able to determine that they were non-venomous. I believe that each of the three snakes was what we call a gopher snake. And gopher snakes eat rodents. And any animal that eats rodents is all right by me. Now, I suppose if I had found a rattlesnake, I've been real lucky. If I'd found a rattlesnake, I would have killed it, or I would have called animal control. But a gopher snake is my friend. So before I start enthusiastically butchering snakes in my backyard, I try to make sure whether it's my friend or not. Three times in a row, I found a friend. In baseball, that's batting a thousand. Now, I've never encountered an Arizona coral snake. That's a poisonous snake with bands of red, yellow, and black. But it looks a lot like a milk snake, which is a form of a king snake, which would be one of my non-venomous friends. The milk snake also has bands of red, yellow, and black. Do you know how to tell the difference? You know. Were you ever a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout? Okay, because you learned in the... I don't know, you learned this growing... I learned this growing up. Red and yellow will kill a fellow. Red and black, friend of Jack. Red and yellow next to each other. The red bands next to the yellow bands. Red and yellow... That's a coral snake. It's poisonous. Red and yellow will kill a fellow. Red and black, next to each other on that snake, not a venomous snake. Red and black, friend of Jack. Now, I know some of you snake haters, many of you from the Great Lakes states, let's be honest, will tell me, yes, Pastor, but the problem is Jack is never around when you're trying to deal with a snake. I've seen some of you Lutherans from the upper Midwest, you Great Lakes Lutherans, out there in the yard with a baseball bat or a hoe. Kill them all! Let God sort it out! Kind of like that bumper sticker I saw after 9-11. Kill them all. Let God sort it out. To most mortals, that sounds good sometimes. But then from our gospel reading this morning, we get this. No, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. The voice of the Savior urging his followers to resist the rush to judgment and the rush to violence. No, in trying to destroy the bad growth as you see it, you will also be destroying the good growth. Let God sort it out? Yes, but impose your own judgment? No, you'll do more harm than good. Our translation says that Jesus is talking about the wheat and the weeds, but these just aren't any old weeds that you have from monsoon season. The old King James translation said more accurately, the wheat and the tares. Most of us don't know what tares are anymore, but they did back in the time of King James and back in the days of Jesus. There is a bad weed that looks like wheat, looks like wheat, but it isn't. And it's hard to tell the difference. Darnell, it's called by American farmers, the Bible doesn't just say "weed," it specifically says this one zizanion in Greek, this specific plant that, has a, that looks like wheat. I don 't know anybody in this congregation who grows wheat, but a lot of us have to deal with snakes, and so we know what it's like to try to, to discern red and yellow will kill a fellow, red and black, cri a jack. They look alike. One is very dangerous. One is very helpful, but if you start killing every snake, you're going to kill the useful ones along with the dangerous ones. Jesus in today's gospel isn't using the metaphor of snakes. He's using the metaphor of crops, which was known to everybody around him, but it's the same point. No, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. It was four years ago this week that Pope Francis responded to a question with these words. Who am I to judge? Pope Francis was new on the job, and his words generated a lot of controversy. Despite the repeated admonitions of Jesus that we are not to judge our neighbors, a large portion of the Christian world blew up in anger, that the Pope hesitated to be judgmental. The Pope said that if someone is searching for the Lord and has good will, then why should he, the Pope, condemn them? Who am I to judge? The Catholic churches and the Lutheran churches are in the year of Matthew. We'll be reading Matthew's Gospel on Sundays, until Thanksgiving and the holiday season for the most part. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus repeatedly urges us not to judge others for two good reasons. The first reason is that because God has forgiven us so much, we must likewise be big and generous toward our enemies, or excuse me, toward our neighbors, who may be our enemies. Later this fall, we'll encounter a unique parable of Jesus. It occurs only in Matthew, where one man is forgiven a huge financial debt, and then he goes out and refuses to forgive the person who owes him a small amount of money. Jesus tells the parable in a unique way with specific Middle Eastern amounts of money. So that the man who was forgiven the big debt was forgiven 600,000 times what the other guy owed to him. In other words, he was forgiven a $6 million debt, and he went out and beat up a person who owed him $10. The point of the parable is that we are all greatly indebted to the mercy of God. You are, I am, so in the words of Pope Francis, who am I to judge? So that's one of the two reasons that Jesus gives in the Gospel of Matthew when he urges us not to judge others. The second reason that Jesus gives in the Gospel of Matthew for us to not judge others is we don't know. At the end of this church year, right after Thanksgiving, our Gospel reading from Matthew will be yet another parable of Jesus the parable of the sheep and the goats. The sheep protest that they don't remember doing good. The goats protest that they don't remember doing bad. The, The question is, when did we? When did we? That's what the sheep and the goats both say. The point of the parable is that we don't know. We don't know who is really doing good and who is really doing bad because God sees things and evaluates things differently than we do. And that's the point of today's parable as well. We don't know. So therefore, we don't pass judgment. We don't kill all the snakes. We don't pull up all the weeds. We don't make permanent harsh judgments that are not ours to make. And in Matthew's gospel, Jesus gives us those two good reasons. First, because God has been so generous and forgiving to us that we must be generous in spirit to others, not petty. And if that isn't enough, then we should refrain from judging others because we don't know. God does, that's God's job. He sees, he knows, and it's his perspective that matters. And meanwhile, we've got other stuff to do. Who am I to judge? The parable of the wheat and the tares tells us that when we try to uproot what we perceive as evil, we will inevitably uproot and harm God's good plans as a kind of collateral damage. And God doesn't want us to be responsible for collateral damage. Our hymn of the day, which we are going to sing next, we will pray these words in the hymn. Lord of harvest, grant that we wholesome grain and pure may be. So it's interesting, this hymn, which is the best hymn that we have about this parable, it's put in the stewardship section of our hymnal because because this, this, this parable is telling us that we need to quit worrying about what is God's thing to worry about and we need to take care of the stuff that he has given us to take care of. Rather than uprooting the garden ourselves, we should more modestly not assume that we are either wheat or tares, but that by God's grace, at the end, we may be found and included with the wheat. Lord of harvest, grant that we wholesome, grain, and pure may be. Amen.